What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, obviously, with the season in full swing, we spend most of our time, we just, you know, we talk about what's going on in the day-to-day, but it's not it's not the same as the off-season where we talk a lot about transactions, but let's take a, a moment today to kind of catch up on some transactions because, I mean, the trade deadline is still going to be a while away, but teams are starting to make some moves because they see they have some gaps or injuries have hit and they need to replace somebody and so on and so forth. So just a couple. So the Giants traded Matt Whistler to the Rays, the right-handed pitcher Matt Whistler. They traded him in exchange for minor league left-hander Michael Plasmeyer. And then the Rays designated a catcher for assignment. It was a catcher by the name of Davey Gruyon. But the point is, Matt Whistler went to the Rays, and Whistler's 28. I mean, he was, for a long time, one of the game's best pitching prospects, both with the Padres and the Braves, but he never really found his footing with either club. And he did enjoy something of a breakout campaign with the Twins in their bullpen last last summer during the shortened season when he pitched to a 107 ERA. But he still walked far too many batters last year. And, um, yeah... I mean, even though he walked a bunch of batters, he was good in in the grand scheme of things. I said said with that 107 ERA, but Minnesota non-tendered him, even though he had a very modest arbitration price. He ended up landing with the Giants on a one-year, 1.15 million dollar contract over the winter. As you can see, not expensive at all. But things just haven't gone as hoped with the Giants. He's been tagged for a 6.05 ERA in 19 and a third innings with San Francisco. So they've decided to dump him. But looks like one man's trash is another man's treasure. The Rays have decided to to pick him up. I mean, he's definitely the type of low-cost acquisition who seems to thrive in Tampa Bay. They, they know how to get the most out of their guys. And they've had a lot of injuries on that Rays relief staff. So that's pushed them to the trade market multiple times already this year. I mean, they also got righties. Drew Rasmussen and J.P. Fierson from the Brewers in that Willie Adamas trade. So, yeah, I mean, now that now they're getting Whistler, and maybe they'll they'll catch lightning in a bottle with him, and make him a weapon coming out of that pen because we've seen Tampa Bay do this many times before, we've seen them do it for sure. So the Reds have signed Logan Morrison. I mean, that's a name we all know. He hasn't really been. In the major leagues consistently in a few years but they signed him apparently he was playing independent ball and now he's going to be he's going to be assigned a triple a and he's gonna have a chance to be up for the reds obviously you know morrison being a first baseman they have joey Votto blocking him at first base so at, at this point he's just going to be a depth piece if he does make it up to the big leagues because the left-handed bench players for cincinnati have not been hitting at all shogo akiyama Mike Freeman, Mark Payton, those guys have not been hitting. So if Logan Morrison gets off to a strong start at AAA Louisville, you could definitely see him up in the big league soon to be their, you know, to be their first lefty bat coming off the bench. Some injuries. Max Scherzer is day-to-day with groin inflammation. So he left this evening's start against the Giants in the first inning after a visit from the trainer and 
you know, it appeared to be a lower body issue. And then after the game, he told reporters that he suffered a mild groin injury. The MRI showed inflammation, but no muscle strain. So he, he termed himself, he considers himself day to day. So the south side of Chicago is hurting a bit. They're actually more than a bit. Okay. So their young core is, is banged up. Obviously, you know, losing Eloy Jimenez right at the outset of the season for four to five months. Um, so it's possible he'll return in August or September, but, you know, a torn pec. As soon as that happened, that was a huge blow. Luis Robert, he went on the IL in early May, May due to a hip flexor strain. And he's going to be shut down from all baseball activities, or he's been shut down, for three to four months. So it's actually not even clear if he'll make it back this season, but it's possible. And now you have Nick Madrigal. He's going on the 60-day IL with a proximal tear of his right hamstring. And, I mean, season-ending surgery is a possibility for Nick Madrigal. He has a complete tear of one hamstring tendon and a partial tear in another. So they're going to have to decide on a course of action for his rehab in about a week. But he left the game coming up lame while running the first base on a grounder. And obviously there's hope he can avoid surgery and make it back this season. But the fact that he's immediately placed in the 60-day IL shows that even the best-case scenario involves a, a two-month-long absence. I mean, he's not eligible to return until the second week of August. And they obviously wouldn't have put him on the 60-day IL if there was any chance he'd be able to be back sooner than that. So, I mean, Madrigal, I mean, he made his... He, he's, he's a small guy, you know, he can hit. He made his major league debut last July. He's proven to be highly productive. I mean, he's picked up 324 play appearances only over the past two years, but he's combined to hit for a 116 weighted runs created plus. He's very much an outlier in the modern game. He doesn't strike out much. I mean, he has like no power and he doesn't walk much, but he's one of the best contact hitters in the game. 7.9% as a strikeout rate. Now that's the second lowest out of all 142 qualified hitters. Only Kevin Newman strikes out less often. And his 91.8% contact rate leads the group. So, I mean, he has a very atypical approach, but he's hit for a high enough average to be a strong offensive player, even though he doesn't have power. So it's, it's a bummer that they're losing him. But in spite of all these injuries, the White Sox actually do find themselves in a pretty good spot in the standings. I mean, they, they lead the AL Central, by a healthy margin over by, over the Indians by a few games. And Fangraphs, you know, gives them an 83% chance of winning the division title. But obviously, Madrigal's injury is going to bump that down a little bit. But the strong roster and early lead so far this season gives them some breathing room. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean that that's it. So if the White Sox do end up looking for an upgrade, you know, to replace Madrigal, from the outside, I mean, there are some players, Jonathan Scope, they could trade for, you know, Josh Harrison, Adam Frazier. These are some second base capable players who could definitely find themselves on the market ahead of that July 30th deadline. But, you know, we're giving you guys a sneak peek here. But for now, they're using Brian Goodwin to replace him on the I mean, Goodwin is, a, is an outfielder, but they're going to use Goodwin to replace Majigal on the 40-man roster. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, he, he's been, he's been useful in parts of five MLB seasons. He can play all three outfield positions, but so far he's been at the triple A, but now he's going to be in the big leagues. So 
that's that's where things stand for the White Sox. But what other updates? Oh yes, the Indians traded Jake Bowers to the Mariners. So they announced yesterday they traded first baseman and outfielder Jake Bowers to the Mariners in exchange for a player to be named later. So they they actually DFA'd Bowers over the weekend, which cleared an avenue for Bobby Bradley to get an opportunity at first base. Um, Bowers is 25. He spent parts of three seasons at the big leagues, but he hasn't produced much in the big leagues. I mean, he was ranked as one of the game's top 75 or so prospects before the 2017 and 2018 seasons at Baseball America. But that above average raw power and hit tool just hasn't really manifested at the major league level. So the Mariners are going to see what they can do with him. They can use him at first base, left field, or right field. I mean, some people think he should be older than 25 because he he made his major league debut at 22. And so the fact he's 25, he's relatively youthful for the Mariners because they're going to try to catch some lightning in a bottle. But he's out of minor league options, so he's going to have to stick on the major league roster or else he'll once again be designated for assignment. But since the Mariners are fighting so many injuries, honestly, at first base and in the outfield, it's, it's not surprising to see them bring him in. So that's going to be it for today, folks. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.